Well, how's it going, family? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavir, a filmmaker, a health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods. This episode of the show, episode number 85, is going up on Wednesday, December 25th, which means that it is Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you out there celebrating uh, this wonderful holiday, as well as um, the fourth night of the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, to my fellow Hebes in the audience. I know this is a time of deep reflection and spending that quality time with friends and family, so thank you for listening and taking an hour out of your week to listen to this episode of the show. I applaud your dedication to living the genius life. This episode features Dr. Josh Axe, who's a doctor of natural medicine, clinical nutritionist, and a doctor of chiropractic who founded DrAxe.com, which is one of the top natural health websites in the world today. Over the course of this next episode, we nerd out on many cool things, including ancient herbs for better hair and skin, and a more potent libido, adaptogens for better stress management, and the benefits of collagen, including the different types of collagen that you're now seeing on the market. Before we get into it, quick disclosure, Dr. Axe is the founder of Ancient Nutrition, which is a company that sells a line of collagen products. Now, this, of course, doesn't invalidate our discussion of collagen, but... As you know, transparency is crucial to me, so there you have it. Now, before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this episode of the show, and that is Four Sigmatic. Speaking of adaptogens, Four Sigmatic is a purveyor of the highest quality medicinal mushrooms that I know of. Dr. Axe and I are going to talk about some of the potential benefits of a mushroom called reishi um, and cordyceps. And by the end, you may be wondering where I get my reishi and cordyceps from, and I get them from Four Sigmatic. Now, there has been a fair amount of science published on these mushrooms, but admittedly, the evidence is far from conclusive. That being said, mushrooms are full of immunomodulatory compounds, compounds that can uh, mediate, to some degree, your immune function. And many of them have compounds that have been co-opted by Big Pharma to turn into drugs. So needless to say, there are tons of compounds in mushrooms that um, probably are biologically active. And I'm totally open-minded to the idea that some of these mushrooms can serve your health in in pretty potent ways. If you want to give anything that Four Sigmatic produces a try, all you got to do is go to foursigmatic.com slash max or use promo code max and you'll get to save a whopping 15% off of anything in their online store. Keep that in mind as Dr. Axe and I discuss some of these mushrooms. Um, you may be tempted to try them. So if so, again, all you got to do is go to foursigmatic.com and use promo code max and you'll get to save some cheddar on those uh, mushrooms, baby, for 15% which is great. Now, before we get into it, I want to give you guys two ways that you can support The Genius Life if you're picking up what I'm putting down. First, you can go to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this episode of the show and leave a rating and review. I notice all of the ratings that you guys leave. We've got about 1,700 of them on iTunes right now, which is great, but we could always use more. And the reviews are so amazing, like this one from Mandy Lee 131. She wrote, such an interesting educational podcast without being pushy about your personal views. Makes my 4.30 a.m. commute to work much more enjoyable, inspiring me to be better. Thanks, Max. Well, Mandy, I'm sorry you have to have a 4.30 a.m. commute to work. That doesn't sound all that fun, but I'm so glad that I am able to be there for you during that time, you're probably getting to see some really nice sunrises too. So, I mean, I guess it can't be all that bad. But I appreciate all of you guys, whether or not you take a moment to leave a review. But I just want to let you know that doing that really helps. The other way that you can support The Genius Life is by going to maxlugavir.com and by joining my newsletter. All you got to do is enter your first and last name. And just for doing that, I'm going to send you a PDF supplement guide to 11 supplements that you can potentially use to boost your brain function. Now, everybody's different. You guys know that I'm not a fan of one-size-fits-all um, diets or supplement regimens, but um, these are supplements that uh, I believe can have an added 
um, effect to your health, particularly in light of specific nutrient deficiencies that research suggests are uh, prevalent. And so that's one of the things that has informed my um, putting together this list. Every week or so, I send out an email with either a science digest or an exclusive discount or a project of mine that I'm really excited to share with you. So by being on that newsletter, it allows one-to-one -one communication so that you and I can be in touch personally and not in a way that is governed by the algorithms of social media. So again, maxlugavir.com, sign up for new, my newsletter. I would very much appreciate that. All right, guys, well, I'm super excited to get into this chat with Dr. Josh Axe. Again, happy holidays to you and yours. I hope you're celebrating it and you've got healthy, delicious food to eat and you're surrounded by love and health and gratitude and all that stuff. So again, as we head into um, the new year, I am pumped to deepen the relationship that I have with you and to continue to bring you new episodes week after week. And before I forget, I also have a very special New Year's episode going up on January 1st. So make sure that you listen to next week's episode. Again, that's going up January 1st. It's going to be a really good one. 10 things I've learned over the past year. All right, here we go. Here's Dr. Axe. All right, Dr. Axe, thanks so much for uh, being with me on The Genius Life. Hey, thanks, Max, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, your uh, your website for anybody who's ever done a search on any kind of supplement or health term, I feel like your website consistently comes to the top. So I feel like a lot of people are going to be familiar with you. Yeah, you know, I, I spent a lot of time uh, writing and re researching and uh, trying to get uh, you know just quality information out to everybody from recipes to uh, you know articles about ancient herbs and reishi mushroom and turmeric. So I uh, yeah, I, I love what I do. I'd love to um I'd love to go into that a little bit. I mean, but first I'd love, you know, if you could just kind of share your background with me and my audience because I mean, I know your work from the periphery, but I'd love to sort of get to know the guy behind the website, if you will. So I mean, yeah. how do you how do you get started in 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 all this stuff? Yeah, so you know, I think the big reason of uh why I started my website and YouTube channel and podcast and everything else in natural health is because my family grew up in sort of the opposite, which is sort of the medical system. And growing up, my family was always getting put like I myself, I got diagnosed with bronchitis every winter, got put on rounds of antibiotics, was always sick as a kid. Uh, a big part of my story is my mom was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer when she was 40. And I was in junior high at the time. And I remember my mom going through all the conventional medical treatments going through and having mastectomy going through chemotherapy, losing her hair and almost passing from that and just thinking as a kid, there's got to be a better way. And so really, you know, even at 14 years old, I knew nothing about nutrition, but I started to realize soda was bad. So literally when I was 14 years old, I stopped drinking soda and eating candy. Um, and then I started pursuing and learning about nutrition, about fitness uh, eventually, I went on, you know, and started studying to become a doctor. And then I had my mom call me a year uh, when I was about a year away from graduating and opening my clinic up in Nashville. And she said, she she called me in tears, saying, "She said I, I've got cancer again. What do I do?" And I said, "Mom, I'll, I'll be home." I flew back to Ohio where I grew up. We prayed together, and I've been really blessed to have some amazing docs in my life who practice integrative medicine, functional medicine, and so they really shared with me. And and I did thousands of hours of research on how do you heal cancer naturally? So my mom, we radically changed her diet. They wanted to go in and do surgery. We said, hey, give us four months to take care of her naturally and see what happens. So we, she, she started juicing vegetables every single day. We started using you know, reishi mushroom, cordyceps, turmeric, uh, astragalus, all these herbs. She started, really we worked on her mindset a lot. My mom, she started sort of meditating on Bible verses and 
saying healing affirmations and did this whole natural health protocol. We went back to her, her oncologist in Columbus, Ohio, uh, four months later, and we got a call the next day. They did a CT scan, and they called us the next day, and they said their exact words were, this is highly unusual. We don't typically see this, but the tumors have shrunk by more than half. They said, we want to see you again in nine months. She went back nine months later and almost complete remission, and now it's been, been, a, been a, a long time since then, probably about uh, 13, 14 years, and uh and my mom now, she lives in Ohio. She's 67. She water skis. She's bringing, you know, her grandkids to Disney World. And so all that being said, uh, you know, that was a big thing that sort of sparked my journey into natural health, why I practice the way I practice. And I, I, I see this for a lot of people in the health field, maybe themselves or a family member struggled with health. But for me, you know, so much about it is, is mission. I think back, like my family literally knew nothing. Like we never had anybody tell us what to eat. We never had anybody tell us that what you eat is related to cancer and what you think. And so again, for me, that's just been my life mission is really trying to help people really teach people, you know, how, how to use food as medicine. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. What, I mean, if you, if you don't mind sharing what type of cancer was it and like at what stage was it diagnosed and what was the prognosis? Because I mean, certainly not, I mean, that's a, that's a remarkable anecdote that you just shared, you know, I'm just, um, it just sounds it's it's it sounds really unusual, and so I just want to I, I wonder what where was she in the diagnosis at w at which point you intervened? Yeah, sure. So she was diagnosed as uh, having stage three cancer. It was on her lungs. It was a two point five centimeter tumor. It was the largest tumor, and um, that's you know that's essentially where it was. So yeah. um, and listen, I, but by saying this, you know, Max, I'm not telling everybody on this podcast do anything and you'll heal cancer or do something natural. And you I'm not saying that. I'm sharing a life experience I had with my own mom. And and for her, here's the other thing to know, she went 100% in. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of people too, you know, maybe it's, hey, I'm going to change a thing or two. or And, and so, and, and here's my experience too. My mom, her diet, she had no sugar. Literally, the sugar my mom had came from, she. the only carbohydrates she had were berries, beets, and carrots. Hmm. It was, mostly vegetables was her diet. She had berries, she had all these superfoods. The other thing is we worked on healing her emotionally. I really believe, and this is, if you look at ancient Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, and biblical medicine for that matter, all of these ancient forms of medicine believe that you know, disease, and especially cancer, were primarily caused by the emotions you experience. And so my mom had a lot of fear and worry in her life. We went after that. My mom worked on joy. And so that's another thing, too. It's not just diet. It's about the emotions you experience on a regular basis. And that's something I'd, you know, I'd love to talk about more. But I think and it depends on you know, the type of cancer someone has because every diet, every type of cancer, every health condition, people should be eating different diets. That's something else. If somebody has irritable bowel syndrome with diarrhea – Versus if somebody has an issue like uh, liver toxicity, two completely different diets. Liver toxicity is vegetable juice, it's greens, it's salads, and that's it. IBS, it's soups, it's warming foods, it's astragalus, it's ginger herbal tea. The diets are polar opposites. So that's another thing, too, just to realize, too, when we're talking about any health problem, is that there's no one diet fits all. People should be eating. People should be eating food. Food as medicine is more related to uh, really uh, somebody's unique um, situation going on within within their own body. 
I couldn't agree more. And so at that at, the, at that point, had you gone through school to become a natural naturopath, or is that did that it, come it, afterwards? It, yeah. So 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 my background is so I, I studied nutrition from you know fourteen years old to twenty three years old, where I went to my, my where I got my uh, doctorate in chiropractic, and then from there I got something called a DNM, it's Doctor in Natural Medicine, and then I got something called a CNS, which is a Certified Nutrition Specialist. It's kind of a postgraduate, um, you know, courses. So, so, so that's my background there. And then I ran my functional medicine clinic for about five years. And then from there, uh, really started focusing on drx.com Then my supplement company, which I, which I now help run today. But, um, that's, uh, yeah, that's the, that's sort of the background. Love it. How, how does naturopathic, um, you know, medicine diverge from like, you know, traditional allopathic medicine, and then also like functional medicine, because I think a lot of my listeners are, are fans and familiar with functional medicine. Like where, what's in the Venn diagram of those three disciplines? Like where's the overlap and where's the, div- the di- divergence? All right. Let's talk about three circles here. So you've got, um, you've got allopathic Western medicine, you've got natural medicine, and then you have what I'll call uh, ancient medicine which is very, which is most related to probably ancient Chinese medicine. So, allopathic medicine, ma- medicine today is based off the germ theory of Louis Pasteur, which says your illness is due to germs, a bug, something like that happening in your body. And also, it tends to say, or it could be genetics. So that's how Western medicine is set up today, and really, it separates mind and body. And it really is something that separates the way even organs function together. So the thyroid is separate from the heart, is separate from the gut, is separate from the brain. Everything is individual. And so they believe your health is related to what a blood test says. So, hey, if your thyroid marker is off, if your cholesterol is off, if your blood pressure is off. So we'll look at that. That means you're sick. Okay. So it's symptoms and blood work or your analysis or whatever it is. That means you're, you're, you're ill or sick is all based on a symptom. Where natural medicine comes in, more natural m- medicine, uh, is it starts to say, well, well that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean you're healthy or well. We're looking at how th- your body is functioning as a whole. It's like a, even an osteopath or a chiropractor or a naturopathic doctor will look at the body and say, well, we believe your gut is related to what's going on. Your gut can affect your brain health. Your gut can affect your skin. Your adrenals can affect your thyroid. It starts to look at the body more holistically and say, no, things like cholesterol, cholesterol is not caused by genetics or cholesterol is not caused because you eat cholesterol. High cholesterol is caused by inflammation. There's inflammation in your arteries. And so your body starts to produce, your liver starts to produce cholesterol because it's your body's repair substance. So the issue here is not high cholesterol. The issue is inflammation. So that's the more middle of the road. That's that's starting to address more of the root cause. Hmm. Where ancient medicine comes in sort of on this whole other area as well is they start to say, what's the real root cause? Why are you experiencing inflammation? Well, it's your diet, but also, or, or let me use a condition like hypothyroidism. Where hypothyroidism in Western medicine is treated with Synthroid, it's a med- medication to actually just change your thyroid markers. Uh, more natural medicine or functional medicine says, well, here's some selenium and vitamin B12. We're removing gluten and casein, and let's reduce some stress, and that's going to help your thyroid, which is amazing. That's a big leap forward. Chinese medicine takes all of those things, and natural medicine goes further and says, you, you know, this is related to your emotions as well. 
it's a, an adrenal issue is related to your thyroid issue. And so why do you have fear? When was the first time in your life when you experienced fear and going back to your memories and really helping people heal stresses, emotions, and, and then it's going and saying, okay, well, there's a diet that's best for your thyroid and based on your, based on, you know, adrenals and thyroid, it's dark purple and blue foods. It's green, very dark green foods. It's, 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 it's fish. It's, it's things that are high in certain nutrients. And so again, there's sort of three levels there. Um, and again, I might've done just a mediocre job of explaining that, but really there's a, there's three very different ways of treating people, um, in those, those realms. And, and then where does Chinese medicine overlap if it does overlap with Ayurveda? Oh, well, they, they, they overlap um, significantly. So Ayurveda, so, so, so personalized medicine, the five, Chinese medicine is based on five elements. So it's very similar to an Enneagram or DISC profile or Myers-Briggs test. It says, okay, you have one of these five personality types. Hmm. This also is related to your health. Ayurveda has the three doshas, and those doshas are vata, pitta, kapha, and those also are very similar to the five elements to where uh, some of it's based on your genetic makeup. So anyways, you know, I'm, I'm a vata, so I'm more thin, um, a thin body type. Kapha is my wife. It's like uh, more medium builds and maybe like if it was a male linebacker. Um, and uh, kapha is like more big bodied people, slower metabolism. So for those people, they need more warming herbs and spices. We need to focus on taking care of the pancreas more. Hmm. Somebody who's very thin, they tend to have more liver and digestive issues. Someone who's middle of the road, it's a lot more middle GI issues and, and, and stomach and spleen. And so that there, there's quite a bit of significant overlap between Ayurveda and, uh, and Chinese medicine. It's so interesting. I have a lot of um, close friends, listeners of my podcast might be familiar with Emily Fletcher, who's uh, you know one of my favorite meditation teachers, and she's a big advocate for Ayurvedic, this sort of Ayurvedic school of thought where people have these different forms uh, that you just described. Yep. So I, I think it's super, um, it's super interesting. And so based on those, whether or not somebody's vata, pitta, kapha, kapha, kapha yeah. Um, that they would, that would basically guide you in terms of how you approach their different sort of like health conditions. Well, wait, wait, wait let me, let me say, so here's how these work. And I'm just going to go on about a three minute rant. I think this will help explain some things as well. Maybe it'll be five minutes, but I love so, it. so here's what the, so, so here, here, here's how this works too. The way that Ayurveda and Chinese medicine look at health is it's not based on genetics. It, it, it's it, it, a little bit is based off genetics, not a lot, a little. And based on, but the biggest thing to get you well is we need to change your internal environment. That they believe that's what causes sickness. So, like in Chinese medicine, they'll say your body internally can be either too damp or too dry. It can be too hot or too cold. It can have too much movement called wind, too little movement called stagnation. There can also be this imbalance of something called yin. Yin, yin is more like yoga and female hormones like progesterone and, and, and estrogen. Yang is more adrenaline and testosterone. So it's we have to balance. We have to create a certain internal environment where things can grow and things can heal and things can move. That, that, that's all of Chinese medicine. That's what it's based off of. And here's an example, too. Like In order for someone to have candida, which in Chinese medicine they refer to it as dampness, hmm. But for you to have candida, or, or think about it like this, in a base for mold to grow, which is very similar to candida, yeast mold, very similar. 
in order for mold to grow, like we had in years ago in Nashville, we had flooding here. And I had all these patients coming in with mold toxicity because there was flooding and, and it got really damp and it didn't get dried properly. So mold grows. That's what happens. That's how mold grows. The same thing goes in your body. If you're very damp internally, candida grows. You get dampness, coating on your tongue. Why do we get snot and phlegm? That's dampness. Hmm. Somebody with irritable bowel syndrome. What is that? What's Crohn's colitis? It's actually, it's mucus in your colon. Just like you have snot in your nose, mucus in your throat. They, there's too much mucus buildup in your colon. That's There's an environmental issue going on internally inside of you. So in Chinese medicine, they said, well, your body's too damp. So what do we do? We've got to dry up the dampness. This is so different than thinking in Western medicine where it says, well, the bacteria is built up. We've got to give you an antibiotic to kill the bacteria. But it never changes the dampness. It never changes it. It kills off certain things for a period of time, but it just grows back because you didn't change the environment. Chinese medicine, they know bitter herbs dry up dampness. Hmm. Sweet foods or uh, foods that are more sticky and moist cause more dampness. So foods that cause dampness are dairy is the most dampening food, like milk. Um, wheat bread, you know, wheat's a very sticky, damp uh, grain. Um, egg whites, think about it. egg whites themselves are almost like snot, a very mucusy. Um, bananas, think about it, the most slimy of all the fruits. Those are the most mucus producing foods, the most damp foods. So how do you get rid of dampness? Bitter foods. You know, so it's almost all herbs are bitter. Arugula, uh, you know, things like artichokes, dandelion greens, radicchio, radishes. These are all bitter foods. So in Chinese medicine, you have candida that you get put on warming and bitter foods, uh, a bitter food diet. And it just and it just kill and it just it kicks candida super quickly. I can tell you from working with thousands of patients over the years, Chinese medicine is 10 times more effective than most of these other forms of medicine because they're actually getting to the root cause. It may take a little longer. Antibiotics, hey, you may feel like, oh, I'm fixed after three days, even though the problem is, is they all have major side effects and destroy your body long term. But Chinese medicine, ultimately, if you follow the protocols, they're the most effective protocols out there. Today's Western medicine is based off of less than 200 years of research. Hmm. Ancient Chinese medicine is 4,000 years old based off of millions and mi millions of individual case studies. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I very recently had uh, an expert on the microbiome on my podcast, and we talked about candida, which was a new world for me. Um, but he basically, you know, he basically said the same thing, that doctors know very little about how to treat it from the standpoint of food and nutrition. Um, usually prescribing antibiotics and things like that. So this is definitely helpful cons considering how many people are struggling with, um, you know, fungal overgrowth. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. And I'll put this in perspective as well. So we talked about the environment of too hot, too cold, too damp, too dry. Just to add on a couple more things. Like when I was a kid and I got a cold, by the way, let me ask this. Why do we call it a cold? <laughs> that comes from Chinese medicine because your body's cold internally. Hmm. What are all of the what are all the remedies to overcome a cold? When we're talking about natural health, warming herbs and spices, it's oil of oregano, uh, oil of oregano, it's garlic, it's cayenne, it's cinnamon, it's ginger. Uh, when I first moved to Nashville, Max, now I grew up in Ohio. I moved to Tennessee, and I asked this guy, this pastor I was taking care of. I said, "Hey, hey, John, what what do you what are you going to do for this cold? I have some recommendations." He said, "Well, right now I've just been doing hot toddies." I'm like. 
well, I'm like, what, what, what is that? And first of all, I had literally no idea. And hot toddy is whiskey and cinnamon. And I was like, which actually, it makes sense because whiskey is the hottest of all liqueurs. If anybody's have whiskey or bourbon, it you've, it's warms you. Hmm. I mean, you feel it. And so now I don't recommend it. It's not my number one recommendation, but it's much better than beer, which is cooling and dampening. So like when I was a kid, my mom always gave me chicken noodle soup and ginger ale. Now, the problem is that chicken soup was like white flour noodles and sodium and MSG. And the ginger ale was actually just soda with 40 grams of high fructose corn syrup. I told my mom, I saw her a couple of Christmases ago. I'm like, mom, and I see her all the time. But I was like, if you didn't love me so much, like I'd be dead. I'm like, you fed me the worst foods. <laughs> but anyways, well, where did this come from? Well, the ancient Chinese and actually Jewish remedies, they call it Jewish penicillin. But the ancient Chinese remedy when you're sick with a cold, what you do is you drink chicken broth and ginger herbal tea. Because chicken broth is light yellow, what, what, which is immune supporting, so all light yellow foods. So garlic is light yellow. Ginger is light yellow. Chicken broth is light yellow. When you're sick with a cold, they don't say drink beef broth. It's chicken broth. Yeah. Because that actually, so we even know from the color of foods what foods to eat to heal what areas of the body. But all that being said, that's the ancient Chinese remedy. So there's things still within our civilizations that we did that were passed down for thousands of years to get well that we should still be following. And here's another thing, just as I talk about emotional health here. We know this intuitively as well. Like certain emotions cause, in fact, 50% of somebody's getting sick is not diet. It's emotions. When you have fear, it causes disease of your reproductive organs, kidneys, and bladder. Think about this. If a kid has a nightmare, a child, they can wet the bed. Why is that? Fear causes dysfunction of your reproductive organs, your, your kidney and bladder. So here's on another end. If somebody has low-level fear for a long period of time, it'll cause in women infertility and in men low testosterone. Hmm. Fear, we know, causes issues with the adrenals but also the reproductive organs. So if a woman has fear of failure, fear of disappointing their parents, fear of whatever it is, cause, can cause infertility, men low testosterone, because fear, a lot of times, it's low self-confidence, it's worrying as well. If somebody worries a lot, we know that that can cause upset stomach. We've all heard that, right? You worry too much, can cause digestive issues. So the emotion of worry causes issues and disease in your upper GI. The emotion of anger, why do we call someone an angry drunk? Causes toxicity of the liver. The emotion of grief and depression causes disease of your immune system, your lungs and colon, and anxiety causes issues with your heart and your central nervous system, which is why it raises your blood pressure. So anyways, they knew this in ancient Chinese medicine. So when somebody went in, Max, with heart disease, or let's say an issue like hypothyroidism, in Chinese medicine, they would say, well, we know that the adrenal is connected to the thyroid hormonally, and so we need to not only give you foods to help heal you, like adaptogenic herbs and certain foods, we also need to have you deal emotionally with the fear you had in your life and say, when did your fear start? Let's start healing your body from fear. Let's start raising your self-confidence. This is really this combination of this Eastern medicine that's specifically Chinese medicine and actually Middle Eastern medicine. Some of it uh, is actually even what ta they talk about in the areas in the Bible, like Proverbs. But all that being said, um, this is really the deep nutrition I think we're going to see more people talking about in the future. 
I love I love it. Well, thank you for that rant because I'm actually very open minded to um, to Chinese medicine and. Uh, you mentioned adaptogenic herbs and medicinal mushrooms like reishi. I know you were kind of limited on time, so and I do want to talk a little bit about collagen, but could we just do a little bit of a primer for my audience on some of your favorite adaptogenic herbs and what they what they can offer? Absolutely, and I do want to mention this principle as well, and I think this is proof that you know uh, God's trying to help us out with what we eat. This is a Chinese principle. When you eat a food that looks like an organ, it supports that organ. So, for instance, a carrot. I'm just starting off real simple here. You cut a carrot in half, it looks like your eye, right? In terms of the way those circles are, what it looks like. You you know there are now over 1,000, actually there's probably over 10,000 medical studies showing that beta-carotene, vitamin A, and carrots support eye health. We could go on now and say, walnuts looks like a hemisphere, half a hemisphere of your brain. We now know that of all the nuts, Walnuts are the most supportive for brain health. They're high in omega-3s. They're high in choline. They're super high in vitamin E. They support brain and neurological health. Beets, they're the color of blood. We know beets are the most powerful food in the entire world for boosting something called NO2. That's nitric oxide. Medical studies now show that drinking beetroot juice increases performance better than any other food on the planet for triathletes and runners and athletes for endurance. Um, reishi mushroom. You could go online and Google search reishi mushroom right now. That's R-E-I-S-H-I. It looks identical to your kidneys and your adrenal glands. It was known as the ultimate adrenal tonic. So anyways, all that being said, you eat liver supports your liver. So eating foods that look like certain organs, uh, and there, there's this whole practice of medicine and Chinese medicine that shows if you have adrenal stress, you eat foods that are dark, blue, black, and, and green. If you have immune issues, you dr- eat light yellow foods. If you have stomach issues, foods that are orange, like sweet potato, uh, uh, squashes, pumpkin, those sorts of things. So anyways, there are certain foods there. But going back, let's talk about the adaptogens. There's something in Chinese medicine called qi, spelled Q-I. By the way, Max, when I first heard these words, I thought, wow, this seems a little bit out there. Like, this is weird. Mm. Words like chi and yin and yang. And here's what I realized. It's just a different language. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, that's it. So, hey, it may sound weird to you, but that doesn't mean it's not completely validated considering it's 4,000 years old and been used as the most powerful form of medicine, you know, for a really long time. So, anyways adaptogens are known for boosting chi in the body. Chi, what is it? It's talking about your adrenal glands. It's essentially like your battery. What's your body's internal battery? Like, look on your phone right now. What's your battery level? Like, mine's at at, uh, 65% right now. You know, are you at 20%, 50%, or 80%? If your body's running at 80, 90% battery in your adrenals, your body has more energy electricity is send out to the rest of your organs. It's keeping your heart running. It's keeping your, you know, your uh, liver detoxifying, all these things. But if it's at 40%, your body has a whole lot less energy. And that's what qi is in, in Chinese medicine. It's known how full is your battery, which is going to now supply and feed and energize the rest of your systems. So adaptogens are known for calming the, uh, unnecessary energy your body is sending out to deal with a sympathetic response. So for instance, if you're in a traffic jam, your body is constantly saying, 
you're in an emergency. So it's sending extra energy for alertness for your brain and blood to your extremities. But ideally for your organs to function properly, you want more of your blood and energy in on your central system, working in your liver, working in your digestive system. This is why Max, like you can't, like I, I used to be a triathlete, do a lot of triathlons. I've never eaten a cheeseburger doing a triathlon. Reason being, I would throw it right up. Why is that? There's no energy. There's not enough blood and nutrients. So your body literally throws it back up because your body's saying, I can't handle this right now. I've got all my energy in my brain and my reflexes in the fight or flight response. Like if a lion, lion's chasing you, so your body can only do so much at one time. Your body acts as a spectrum. It's either protecting itself or it's healing itself. Protection or regeneration. Most of us live in this protected state to where our body's blood is in our brain and in our extremities. So now our internal systems, our organs aren't functioning properly. They're weakened. They're not, we're not digesting nutrients. That's all happening. What adaptogens do is they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, let's balance things back out. Let's lower this stress that's in the brain or lower this emotional stress. And now we're going to get more of the blood and more of the nutrients to specific organs. And different adaptogens do different things. So, for mm. instance, ginseng, more energy now is going to be sent to the reproductive organs. That's why ginseng is a really powerful booster of testosterone in men. Um, Dong Kwai. Is an, is a herb for women that helps build the blood. So that's where most of the energy now is going to be going to build the blood. Astragalus is an herb used in Chinese medicine, where if somebody has loose stool or uh, leaky gut, astragalus was the number one herb to help heal loose stool or leaky gut syndrome. Um, you have an herb like uh, cordyceps or um, uh, another great one, Rhodiola rosea, which is actually a little bit more popular in areas like Siberia. But um, those adaptogens were used more for endurance and that mm. type of energy. So different. So a lot of times people think, oh, this adaptogen for this or this. All different adaptogens do different things. Again, astragalus is that is the adaptogen for your digestive system. Ashwagandha is the adaptogen for your thyroid. Um, ginseng is the uh, adaptogen for male testosterone and, and really libido. So, but adaptogens really were the number one type of herb used in ancient Chinese medicine because they really boosted your battery, which then helped really nourish every sort of every part of your body at the same time, lowering cortisol, which is just really important for health as well. That's amazing. What I'm always confused when I see the different types of ginseng. What I mean, is there a specific type of ginseng? I know that there's a bunch of different varieties. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of ginseng. In fact, like ashwagandha is known as Indian ginseng. Well, what I'm referring to mostly is Panax ginseng. Now, Panax ginseng is is Asian or Chinese ginseng, and that's typically the most used for um, what, what, I'm, what I'm referring to, like especially energy boosting. Now. Ginseng, though, in Chinese medicine was used only for men over the age of 50. Um, it tends to be a little stronger, and then our, if, it's, if, it's, if you're a certain age, your body starts to rely on it. So actually, most men today that are under the age of 50, Max, should probably are better off doing ashwagandha, cadenopsis, or American ginseng, because Panax ginseng is just really, really strong, um, to where it's kind of like having three cups of coffee a day where most people should probably just be having one. It's probably the best, 
but I mean, know, but I mean, if you have a really hot, if you have a really hot date and you want to impress her, I mean, would that be so bad? Well, 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 maybe not. In that case, throw in some uh, fenugreek and horny goat weed, or you know, but yeah, nice. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, what 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 is Reishi doing for me? I'm a big fan. I get you know some of my adaptogens from Four Sigmatic, which is a, one of the sponsors of my show, and I take Reishi. Sure. I just recently learned that Reishi can actually. It was shown in. I, you know, it was either an animal study. I don't remember the specifics, but in any case, there's some evidence that reishi can reduce five uh, alpha reductase, which which converts testosterone to DHT, which means that it can potentially have a that it can help prevent uh, male pattern baldness, or at baldness. least you know, to, yeah. some, to some degree. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so reishi in Chinese medicine was probably one of the five most prescribed of all herbals or mushrooms. And it was actually referred to as the mushroom of immortality. It's an adaptogen that supports two main areas. Uh, it's really your um, your chi, uh, which is your battery, along with your immune system. So that's really what reishi helps boost. So reishi, unlike now with ginseng, you can take it, and that day you will feel a difference. Reishi is a lot more subtle, and it's looking more not at this immediate energy boost. It's more of this boost uh, like increasing your energy over your entire lifetime it protects something in your body called jing which is essentially what causes you to age hmm. so it's the number one remedy for anti-aging in all chinese medicine um which is you know protecting hair and those sort of things and keeping these certain hormones balanced but reishi is an adrenal tonic that is going to not today boost your energy but if you take it for about six weeks you'll notice Oh, my energy's a little better, and it's a little better, but it's increasing it for your lifetime. So, for people that are really wise and focused on, hey, what's best for me long term? It's like you eat broccoli. It's not like, man, I feel amazing. I just ate broccoli. You know, like Rishi's sort of that ultimate thing where it's like, no, for your entire life, you're really investing, and it's a really powerful thing to increase your lifespan. That at least that's how it was viewed, and that's how it's used today in you know in, in ancient medicine but for me you, you just hit on one of the five things i consume the most i consume reishi and turmeric probably more than any two you know supplements that i that, that, that i actually up there with bone broth or collagen those are probably the three that i personally use the most wow that's well good to hear that i'm on the right on the right track i want to switch gears and talk about collagen but just one last question because i have you and you're yeah, such a sure. wealth of knowledge on this topic uh hisho Wu, any thoughts on that and also, where do you where like when it, when you want good information on this stuff? Like you know, for obviously Western medicine, I go to PubMed. But is there like a tome that has all of the teachings and stuff so that people can go out and do this kind of research on the on their own? You know what, Max? I wish. I mean, I, I wish I had a good answer. It's really hard. I mean, this just has not been translated well or a book written. In fact, I'm. I'll, I'll just share this. I'm writing a book. It'll come out in 2021. <laughs> it's a long time from now. January 2021, but I'm writing a book that's going to be all about this and diving deep. But um, there, there's really not. I mean, I have to go to 20 different sites to find this stuff. Like, I, and I've had a mentor. My, my mentor's name is Gil Banami. In this, he's uh, he's from Israel, and he was he was trained by a master Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist. And so, him and I, I get together with him uh, once a month, and him and I really train and talk about Chinese medicine. I've learned so much from him over the past seven years. Uh, that's how I know most of what I know is a lot of individual research and then, and then being trained by him. But um, 
No, no. You know, I'll try and find a good site or two to send you after this. Awesome. You know, I've read Healing Healing with Whole Foods by Paul Pitchford's pretty decent. And there's there's some really there's a good textbook on Chinese medicine, which I'm trying to remember the name, but it's uh I've got it on my shelf downstairs that I can send you to. But that's probably yeah, that's uh, those are probably two two of the better better books I've I've read. Yeah, when you remember the textbook name, um, send it over to me and I'll put it in the show notes. What about He Shou Wu? I have friends that that are big oh, yeah, yeah. believers in it. Yeah, yeah, it. It could it could prevent it, or you know make your yeah. hair regain color if it's gone gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the the eastern name is He Shou Wu. The the uh, western name is Fo T. So if anybody wants to look it up, it's F O T I. Uh, but Fo T is um, it, it was known as the app. Now I mentioned Jing earlier. So Jing is your uh, it's like your stem cells in your DNA. Okay, so it's a big deal. You know, stem cells and DNA. Stem cells are what regenerate and literally create a new tissue. When you have a newborn baby from conception growing to a human inside a a woman, that's stem cells. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that that's continually. Uh, you know, that, that that creates a new heart and a new lung and these different things. So anyways, it's a really big deal. In Chinese medicine, you're known you only have so much jing in your lifetime. So let's say your body could live to be 200 years old. I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe it's 150, maybe it's 5,000, maybe it's 120. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, let's say it's 200. So through injuries, through emotional stress, all these things, you start to deplete this bank account. It's like a trust fund. Let's say you have a trust fund of a million dollars. You know, use it wisely, you know, and, and, and you can't add more back to it. That's the other thing. You can only protect it and keep it. That's the view of Jing in Chinese medicine. It's the ultimate thing when we're talking about anti-aging. Rishi is one of the strongest protectors of Jing, but and it also supports Qi. He Shou Wu and Fo Ti, the Western name again, is the ultimate protector of Jing. And so, like men, and, and again, just to not to get into too much graphically here, but just to say, like, if um, anytime uh, you know a, a man ejaculates and you're l- losing semen, like you're using some jing, okay? And so you want to protect that, you want to build that up, you want to store that. And similar thing with 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 stem cells. So FOT was one of the ultimate protectors, and in, in it really stops the le- the, the leak of jing. So again, I could get really confusing here with a bunch of more stuff I could say, but just to say it's one of the five most powerful herbs for anti-aging along with reishi in Chinese, in all of Chinese medicine. And the ancient story goes, it was discovered because a man had gray hair, his hair was turning gray. He started supplementing with tea every day and it turned it back black. And it does a similar thing in reishi as you're talking about. Now, I don't know their studies on this, but in Chinese medicine, they would say, that essentially it does block DHT. Yeah, wow. If we're talking Western medicine here, so it's 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 really really powerful. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I have a lot of conversations about this stuff. A good friend of mine, Crosby Taylor, who's been on my podcast a bunch of times, and I hang out with him. He's a bit, he's a he's you know very well versed on this topic, and uh, we have these discussions all the time. I, I you know I wish that Western medicine would catch up and do the kinds of studies that that we <laughs> that I'm sure you and I you know want them to do as well on on these herbs. But in any case, I mean, there is already just a, a ton of stuff out there that people can go and look well, up. Well, well, let me say, here's the good news. Now, one, it's going to take them a while, but here's the good news. Ten years ago, 
no one knew. I, I guarantee of all the people on this podcast, my estimation is 5% or less had ever heard of ashwagandha. That's good news because in the next few years, everyone's going to start knowing what Foti is. Everyone's going to start knowing what Dunkwai is, Shasandra, Astragalus. So I do see it going in the right direction, Max. But you're right. It's I, I wish they were moving faster. But I will say I'm at least a little bit encouraged because I, I, I start to see these things. I, I'm starting to see more awareness. Yeah, I love it. So we've got about 10 minutes left. Let's just switch gears and talk a little bit about collagen, the different types of collagen, um, when the best time to take collagen may be, why people should be thinking about collagen. The more I read about collagen and its, and its constituent amino acids, the more convinced that I am that it's a really important thing to have you know, in your diet. So what's, what's your take? Yeah, so for myself, Max, and by the way, when I recommend something like collagen, it's only because I eat it every day. Like, I, I don't recommend things I don't do. The things you brought, which, by the way, I, I do a lot of podcasts. I'm really enjoying this one because a lot of people are not as familiar with, and I don't always, I never get to talk about Foti. <laughs> I love talking about Hisho Wu. You know, so, so anyways, just so you know, like, I've loved talking about this stuff because I don't get to talk about it as much as I want, and it's probably my greatest passion. But going back to this, like, for me, one of the biggest game changers that I saw in my health and when I took care of patients was with bone broth. I mean, there were certain things that when I used them with patients, amazing things happened in the body. And one of those things was bone broth and maybe the most powerful thing. And here's the thing. We've talked about a lot of herbs today, which, by the way, when we talk about when, when somebody mentioned the word medicine 3000 years ago, no one thought of a synthetic chemical. Medicine was it was an herb that, that was medicine. You know, what ginseng and astragalus and foti, all these things we're talking about. But so 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 those are really important. But macronutrients, if you're missing those, that's a really big deal. Like so, for instance, if you don't eat fat. Like I had a patient one time, he had a medical doctor who because he had high cholesterol, his, his doctor tried to put him on a no fat diet. And this guy came in to see me. He started, he was losing his hair. Literally, his hair was so thin, it was, and it was literally, he was pulling chunks out. He started getting something called rhabdomyolysis, where his muscles were wasting. He said, I have no libido anymore. He said, I, I have complete erectile dysfunction. He said, and all of it's happened in the past six months since my doctors put me on this no-fat diet. So I worked with him. He started seeing another physician along with myself. We put him back on fat. We put him on certain herbs and completely testosterone went up, started feeling like a, like a man again, like literally radically changed his health. I, I use that to say this. If, you're com if you eat zero protein, if you eat zero fat, which are known as being essential, by the way, there's no essential carbohydrates, so that's why I'm not getting into that right now with carbs, but <laughs> with fat and protein, they're essential amino acids. There's essential fatty acids. Here's the thing about collagen. If you're not getting bone broth or a collagen supplement, you're getting very, very little of this in your diet, and it affects your health dramatically. Here's something to remember. 30% or approximately one-third of your entire body's protein makeup is from collagen. So your muscles are completely made up of muscle-building muscle proteins. When your body's building muscle, your body will tend to use branched-chain amino acids and methionine to build muscle. When your body is building up all these areas I'm, I'm gonna mention right now, your skin, hair, nails, bones, discs, 
ligaments, tendons, connective tissue, fascia, gut lining, arterial walls. And if a woman is creating a new baby, the placenta, all of those areas are primarily made up of collagen. And it's the amino acids, proline, hydroxyproline, and glycine. Now, if we're not getting those building blocks, just like if you're not getting fat and your brain is made up of 20% fat, your body is suffering. Your brain is actually, it's being affected. You're, you're increasing your risk of dementia and other health problems. If you're not getting enough collagen or these amino acids in your diet, you're affecting your body's ability to repair a damaged ACL, you know, worn down connective tissue, your gut lining with issues like leaky gut, thickening your hair, rebuilding healthy skin cells. Once you reach the age of 25 years old, your body produces less collagen every single year. By the time you're in your 50s, your body's producing 75% less collagen according to medical studies, which is why your skin sags. Why it, it sags and gets wrinkles because now your body has less collagen and it's producing less collagen. So all that being said, here's what people need to know, know about collagen. It's essential. If you're not getting it, it's like getting zero omega-3 fats in your diet. There are repercussions. An area of your body is suffering, and especially your skin, your joints, and your gut health. Those three areas will suffer the most. And so anyways, all that being said, when I've had people start doing bone broth or using a multi-collagen protein supplement, just the results have been really, really powerful for what I've seen because, again, it's something that somebody should be getting every single day. And there's different types of collagen. There's type 1, 2, 3, 5, 10 are probably the most abundant of the types of collagen that are in our bodies today. And we're like beef and fish collagen have mostly type one and type three. Chicken is mostly type two. Type two collagen is what makes up your ligaments, tendons, fascia, connective tissue. Type one and three make up your bones, skin, hair, nails, part of your gut, lining. Type five and 10 is part of your arterial walls, the sockets of your eyes, placenta, some other areas. So I think it's important and that's why like personally like I always whenever I buy collagen it always says multi in front of it just like rather than taking a single vitamin I take a multi collagen because fish and, and chicken and beef and these different types of collagen but again if somebody says to me hey what's the number one supplement I recommend and it's kind of tricky Max because I'm actually recommending a food like bone broth protein or multi collagen protein they're really food in powder form you know, and so, in fact, I don't really have a supplement I take that's not really a food. Like, I take astragalus, and I take reishi, and I take hiwushu, and I take turmeric. They're foods. Even my multivitamin is mostly food. My probiotics, in a way, comes directly from a food like, you know, like miso and things like that. But anyways, all that being said, just to kind of finish up my rant here, I do think collagen is one of those things, foods, supplements, whatever you want to call it, that people should be taking every day. And I think it's probably the... In terms of what people have seen the biggest results with of all the supplements I've recommended over the years, I would put collagen number one. I would actually put CBD up there pretty high. I know we didn't talk about that. CBD, the reason it's beneficial is it's one of the stronger uh, supplements at balancing out the sympathetic, parasympathetic response. Um, but you know, turmeric is really up there for me as well. Fish oil can be up there. Stragglus is pretty up there in terms of what I've noticed a difference in my body. But again, I'm I'm obviously at this point, you, as you've heard, I'm a big, big fan of collagen. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of collagen too. But just to play devil's advocate for a minute, I think like 
Some people would say that collagen is sort of like cholesterol and that, yeah, it's essential. Like without cholesterol, you would die. But that doesn't mean that you need to eat it. Like is, is collagen something that we actually need to consume to, to produce more of it in our bodies? You know, here, here's, the, here's the answer is yes. That's the short answer. To, to produce the optimal amount, the answer is yes. Now, your body, no matter what, no matter how, listen, if somebody only eats McDonald's, their body still will produce collagen. If somebody's a vegetarian, their body will still produce collagen. It doesn't pr promote the optimal result. If somebody wants to look as young as possible, have beautiful looking skin, less wrinkles, better gut health for their lifetime, then they'll eat collagen because that equals optimal. It's like saying, okay, you want to, you, hey, I want to keep inflammation levels low. Can I do that Je eating generally healthy? Or, or, or just by not eating fast food. You can, but to optimize uh, inflammation levels, I'm gonna recommend turmeric, a fish oil, rosemary, and you know, so anyways. But no, it, it absolutely is optimal. I mean, again, I, I've worked with a lot of people on this and I've seen the best results. Now, to go back and, are there other things that do support collagen production? Vitamin C rich superfoods do, acerola cherry, camu camu, amla berry. Absolutely. So those can support it. Those herbs I mentioned earlier, certain types of adaptogens that support your kidney chi, like Romania and Foti uh, and horsetail. Yes, those can also support collagen production, but it's a similar thing. Like there are, this is another perfect example. There are vegan bodybuilders, and but the biggest bodybuilders today that are putting on the most muscle. I'm telling you, they eat meat, despite what some random documentary where somebody's <laughs> getting paid a lot by somebody. I forget what it's called now. Couldn't believe Arnold supported that because he doesn't eat that way, and I know it. But anyways, <laughs> all that being said, it's – so again, I hope that answers the question. Can you still do some great things if you're a vegetarian to promote collagen? Totally. Go really high in those super berries. Do really high in those adaptogen and stem cell chi-building foods. That's going to help. But if you want to be completely optimal – yeah, I do think taking a collagen supplement is, I, I do think it's optimal. Yeah, I'm into collagen, especially in light of what I've um, learned over the past couple of years about the role of glycine in metabolic health and inflammation. Uh, yeah, well, oh, it's huge. You know, and if you read the studies on, like if somebody does a Google search for glycine and lifespan, there's a couple studies in PubMed showing it increases how long you live. I mean, glycine is important for phase two of liver detoxification. It's it's critical for a lot of stuff, so I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, Dr. Axe, thank you for your time. I know you've got to run, but um, before we get to the last question of the show, how can listeners uh, get in touch with you, You know, any resources that you might have to offer for my audience? Um, yeah, where, uh, where can sure. I find you? Sure. So I would say you know, if anybody is looking for something very specific, let's say you're struggling with uh, hypothyroidism or low testosterone or whatever it is, just search my name on Google. Search Dr. Axe Hypothyroidism or Dr. Axe Low Testosterone. And I've written really in-depth articles on the recommended herbs and supplements and all that. You can search Google or YouTube to find a lot of my answers on my website, draxe.com. Also, hey, I'm on Instagram, constantly posting stuff about food as medicine. So you can search. In fact, I've posted a lot of Chinese medicine stuff on YouTube and Instagram recently. So you can check me out at Dr. Josh Axe on, on Instagram. And last, I, I'm actually just releasing a new book. It's called The Collagen Diet. I actually touch on a lot of these herbs that we touched on that help boost 
your chi and stem cells and really help you anti-age and all those things. So the new book is just coming out. You can check it out. It's called The Collagen Diet. Just go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Check out the book or it's in bookstores nationwide. But those are the uh, probably the best places to, to learn more. Love it. I'm sure that's going to be a great resource for people. Um, all right, Dr. X, so the last question that everybody gets asked on this show, what does it mean to you to live a genius life? Well, man, okay, so to live a genius life to me is to, um, man, uh, it reminds me of an actual Bible verse. It's, it's, it's essentially to uh, um, learn to number your days. And so I would say make the most of every day and be strategic about how you live your life. And so this is how my wife Chelsea and I live. We look at every year, we think about, hey, what's the legacy we wanna live? Uh, we wanna leave you know, 30 and 50 years from now, really living with purpose. And so like my purpose is love God, love people, and, and, and really help uh, build leaders uh, that are gonna help love God and love people. So that's my, my mission. And so everything I eat, everything I do, and, and every morning I wake up, Max, I wake up and I spend time in prayer and being grateful and reading something positive like my Bible, I do that. And then I eat something really good and do a quick workout. So my mornings, every day, building my spiritual health and physical health, it fuels me the rest of my days. And everything I do, I'm very, uh, I'm very purposeful. But I, I you know, so so that's that's what it means to me to live a genius life is live a life of purpose where you're bringing heaven to earth and having a big impact on you know transforming the world. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's awesome. Well, thank you for all the knowledge that you dropped. I really appreciate uh, your time. And to all you guys out there in podcast land, thank you so much for tuning in. Spread this episode of the show. Highlight your favorite quote from Dr. Axe or I. Tag each of us, and I will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Awesome.